But the sermon title this morning is Celebrate God's Goodness. Different denominations have different ways of expressing their doctrines and teachings and so on. And in Scotland or England many years ago, they wrote a little catechism, and it's called the... um, The Westminster Shorter Catechism, I'm not very familiar with it, except one phrase in that book. It starts with a question. It says, what is the chief end of man? And the answer then is, man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. That's why we as humans exist. That's our purpose, why God put us as His image bearers into this world. That speaks of praise, of worship, and celebration. And I would go as far as to say this. If we as people fail in our calling to praise God, then we have failed in our purpose for existence. I'll repeat that. If we fail in our life to praise God, we have failed in our purpose for existence. If we fail to glorify God then we have failed at the foundational level of why God put us here. On a day like today, it's very fitting that we celebrate, like we did last night and so on. Take time to praise God, worship Him for the work that He's done. And it's not just about inward focus. It's about us opening ourselves to God. Celebration and praise is a huge topic in Scripture. And it's not like God has a praise account in heaven and it kind of somehow goes low and, oh, you humans need to fill it up again. My praise account's low, guys. You need to fill it up. It's not like that at all. We're made for praise. And if we don't praise and if we don't worship, then we're falling short of what His intentions are for us. We need to praise Him because we're made to worship. Psalm 50, verse 14 to 15, the psalmist writes, Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and perform your vows to the Most High and call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. He reminds us of what we need to do, of what our duty is. Is it safe to say that to not ask God for help when we need Him is to doubt God and in that sense failing? We're commanded to ask God. And he says, I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. There's unity here. There's togetherness. Every parent knows this. A parent wants a child to come and ask for things. A child that doesn't do that, the parent thinks something's wrong with the child, and rightly so. The question I want to ask, one of the questions is, the time that we have here this morning, I want to say, have we been as faithful in glorifying God as he has been and blessing us and helping us. If we would hold the two in comparison. And of course we would say, well, yeah, God has been faithful to us. Okay, but have we been as faithful as He has been? The Psalms are beautiful writings of um, David and other writers who write, who write their hearts out. It's a collection of songs, of prayer, and it's described as a book of emotion loaded with feelings and connections with God. I want to read Psalm 96 and make a few comments about it. 
Psalm 96 begins this way. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in splendor of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with, with equity. Let the heavens be glad. Let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for he comes, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. It's a beautiful worship psalm. It's a command that we're given. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. It's not a new truth or some new discovery. A new song as in every day is new. Every day is the same, we would say. Yesterday is the same as the day before that was. And, but it's a new song. It's a fresh expression of what God has done. It's not like this man who was asked if he loved his wife, and he says, yeah, I told her on the wedding day. If not change my mind, I'll let her know 20 years later. You need this, we need to do this every day, praise and worship God. The same message, the same intent, but it's new. It's new in the sense the same way a mountain stream flows down a mountain. The same stream, same kind of water, but it's new all the time. He says in verse 2, Sing to the Lord, bless His name, tell of His salvation from day to day. This is an instruction for us. How would it be if there was a job application posted for, we need worshipers, help wanted, worshipers for the church, back in the olden times in the Old Testament, the temple, they had designated, maybe hired or appointed worshipers. Would that be a position that people would gravitate to filling? Yeah, I'll apply. I love worship. I'm so excited. I'm going to have a job as a worshiper. Would people apply? Oh, that's boring. You mean I got to sing all day? I got to worship God all day? Yeah, we're supposed to worship God in everything we do, not just part-time, once in a while, we should worship God in everything we are. And this is not just something that we do locally in-house. No. It says in verse 3, declares glory among the nations. His marvelous works among all the peoples. We live this out wherever we are and wherever we go. It branches out. It's a public thing. God never intended his good news to be lived out quietly and secretly and hidden away. And I have to confess, some of our Mennonite forefathers, which I was born, the, born into, we kind of had that idea of being the quiet in the land. Oh, we're supposed to be quiet, all right, when it comes to being peaceful and law-abiding, but not when it comes to the gospel. Um, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks about we're, we're salt, we make a difference, we're light on a hill. The psalmist here mentions this. We do it publicly. And he describes why in verse 4 and 5, because God is great. He's greatly to be praised, feared above God's. All the people's idols are worthless. They're nothing. What we have is valuable. No one compares to God. He's the creator of the heavens. 
He goes on in verse 7, Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the people, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord, credit him, give it to him, assign, it's due him. Verse 9, worship the Lord in splendor of the holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Do you understand that word holiness? We know what it means to tremble in reverence. But do we understand the word holiness? It means being separate, set aside. Practice holiness with our physical presence in the church and outside the church. We practice holiness with our time, setting aside time we give to God. We practice holiness with our resources. We practice holiness by putting our bodies where our words are. I remember very clearly many years ago, Anne and I were a young married couple, had three little boys, and well, three young boys. The smallest one was about four years old and three years old maybe, and we're driving along, and, and he was trying to communicate to his older brother, and he, his older brother's distracted, looking around everywhere, and he's trying to talk to him, and he wouldn't listen, not very carefully anyway. And all of a sudden, he just grabbed his chin and looked at him like this and started talking to him. Priceless. That's holiness. He wanted his older brother's holiness, his devotion. I wish I could have captured on a movie. He was going to talk to him, but he wasn't listening, so he grabbed his chin, looked at him. I will never forget that image. You see, folks, that's holiness, dedication. Have we, are we holy? When we worship God, we can't do it multitasking. Friends, I'm sorry. When I see a couple in a restaurant, they're having a date, each on their phone. That's not a date. Do we worship God that way, scrolling through all kinds of social media during our devotion? I've been guilty of that. When we worship God, we give Him our complete self. And we, we're public with this. And we have a message to proclaim. Verse 10, the writer says, Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. God's people have a message. God's people should be among the world's most positive and encouraged people. God's children believe God is trustworthy. God's children believe God is in control. And God's children believe God's judgment are good, right, and without mistake. And as God's children, we live out this message, and in so doing, share it with the world. We put our tr trust and our hope in God. And the psalmist is not content with just humanity. He goes on in verse 11, Let the heavens be glad, the earth rejoice, let the sea roar, all that fills it, let the earth feel exalted in everything. And even nature itself is pictured as praising God. Job recognized this in the book of Job, chapter 12, verse 7. He writes, But ask the beasts, they will teach you. The birds of the heavens, and they will tell you. Or the bushes of the earth, and they will teach you. And the fish of the sea will declare to you. Who among all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? Just look at nature. Observe it. Take it in. What it tells us. The message it has. Maybe our world doesn't look all that great in terms of what's going on in the world. But that's not our focal point. It may look difficult and dark and maybe even depressing, but that's not our focal point. What the Bible tells us is our focal point. What God has started, He will complete. Back to Psalm 96, it says, verse, verse 12, the last part, Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Before the Lord, for He comes, for He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the earth in righteousness and the peoples in His faithfulness. The anticipation is God is coming. He will come and he will judge the earth. His judgment, according to the teaching of Jesus in the book of Matthew and other gospels, it will be quick, decisive, thorough, not some long, drawn-out legal court, court battle with appeals and who knows what all, who has the most money 
It will be like no other judgment. He will judge in equity and fairness. Isaiah 40, 40 verse 4 writes, Every valley shall be lifted up. Every mountain hill will be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. There's nothing that will not be corrected, nothing that won't be made right, no injustice that he will overlook. When the books are closed, it'll all be okay. Every deed dealt with, every repented sin is buried and gone, every sinful deed done will be judged. And those who are his children will enjoy him forever. On the other hand, those who reject him will have a judge to face. Jesus has said he's coming back. In Matthew, he writes he's coming back as a flash of lightning in the sky. It's not, oh, he's coming back tomorrow. He's coming back in two days. The forecast tells us so. No, he, comes, he will come back unannounced. But here in the meantime, we're called to praise God, to worship God, to celebrate his goodness. And it's something that we're created to do, designed to do, called to do, we're commanded to do. Charles Spurgeon once wrote these words, and I'll wrap it up with this. He said, Praise is the rehearsal of our eternal song. By grace we learn to sing, and in glory we continue to sing. He writes this pretty pointedly. He says, What will some of you do when you get to heaven if you go on grumbling all the way? Do not hope to get to heaven in that style. But now begin to bless the name of the Lord. God has blessed us so much in so many ways over the years. We're thankful. But we also need to step back and pause and just ask ourselves, where do we stand with Him? It's great to celebrate today and tomorrow today will be over. And we'll go back to our lives, whatever it is we do. But my trust and my hope and my prayer is that we will continue worshiping God, praising God, and celebrating God, and spreading this good news of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's continue to celebrate. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your steadfast love, for your goodness, and your grace to us. We thank you for what you've done for us over the years. We give you praise, Lord Jesus. As time is going on and moving, we're very aware that our world is not in a good place. You've put us here for a very short while, as your word teaches us, to worship you, bring you glory in the lives you've blessed us with. And then it's time for us to go home. So we ask, Lord, that your name would be continued to be glorified here in this local church, today and in the years to come. We ask you give this body of believers your grace and your blessings and protection and your spirit. You've been so gracious, Lord, we thank you. As we prepare to close this service today, may our hearts continue to be devoted to you. In Jesus' name, amen.